everybody. Welcome to Making It, a weekly podcast about how to build a great business, produced by Enterprise. Your 6am briefing on finance, business and economics in Egypt. This season is brought to you by CIB, the partner of choice for CEOs and leaders of businesses at all stages of their growth stories. And by the United States Agency for International Development, which has a 40-year history of inspiring Egyptian success in partnership with the government and the people of Egypt. Your host today is Patrick, Enterprise's Editor-in-Chief. As the Canadian band, the Bare Naked Ladies would say, it's been one week. And it's almost been a week at this point since the fast began. And one of the things we're missing from office life is not dealing with the pain of working and fasting while smelling something nice cooking just a few feet away. We can handle that on weekends, but resisting nearby temptation and focusing on work, that's a tall order for many of us. Imagine if you had to deal with that every day, working a few feet away from a distracting, appetizing smell. And now imagine the distracting smell was the most delectable of desserts. Would you resist? How bad would you break? By the way, this is the tenor for the whole episode, so we hope you're listening to this close to iftar time. This week, our editor-in-chief Patrick sits down with two people who know just what that feels like. Brother and sister duo Layla and Adil Sidi not only embraced that pain, but decided to make money off of it, founding NOLA in October 2010. From that initial goal of importing the cupcake craze in the U.S. and Canada to Egypt and a single store in Zamalek, Nolan now operates 16 shops across Egypt as well as pop-up booths for events and universities. The company has even grown out of its cupcake roots to become a fully-fledged dessert concept, offering cakes and mini-cakes, including macaroons and the enterprise-favorite volcano cake. The company's ambitions have now grown from bringing in a foreign trend to Egypt to exporting homegrown developed products to the region and beyond. There's many reasons why we wanted to speak with them. First, it's Ramadan. And who doesn't want to talk about such things during this time? We know we're thinking about it all day long. Second, Nola is a compelling business story. It's not easy introducing a new concept to an already saturated segment of retail foods. It can be harder still to develop a strong brand in this segment where players fall and players are born at an almost daily basis. Leila and Adil walk us through just how tough it was, from convincing family members to invest in the business, to the work it took to brand the stores and the social media marketing it took to become a recognized name. It's also not an easy thing to take the decision to expand and grow beyond that niche that made you stand out and that you know so well, never mind then having to scale up the business. The pair talk us through the challenges and strategies they took towards product innovation, as well as some of the hurdles and growing pains they felt when expanding the product lineup and stores. And finally, we wanted to speak to them for their story. In this day and age, getting adult siblings to sit down at the dinner table is challenging enough. Imagine how difficult it would be to tie your fortunes with your brother and sister, and how tough it would be for the childhood dynamics to evolve into a business relationship. On that front, Leila and Adil are doing better than most, despite the arguments. And while they were best friends their whole lives, they really had to learn to trust one another and rely on each other's strengths to get the job done. It's a really touching story, actually. And it had this one narrator make a sappy call to their own brother, though they couldn't agree on a business idea and just ended up talking friendship stuff instead. Thank you guys for joining us here today. It's lovely being here. Thank with you so you. much uh, for having us, Patrick. 
Right. What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, when I wanted to grow up, I wanted to, to be an uh, Olympic rider. Olympic rider. Uh, yeah, and a banker. These two things. Yeah. Together, combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Layla? What did I want to be? I, yeah, um, when you were a kid. A, it's a challenging question. Um, I wanted to be remembered in history. You wanted I, to be remembered? In history. Interesting. I wanted my name in a history book. Why? I, I read about Napoleon in history, and I thought it's unfair that I don't read about enough women in history books. And I said, I want my name to be written in history. Were Adil Y equestrian uh, and a banker? Okay. Uh, first of all, my dad's a banker, and that's uh, he's our um, I'd say he's a, both our role model. And uh, since um, since I knew anything about like since just everything, he's he's been a banker, and we really look up to him. And that's the main reason. And uh, being an equestrian because my mom's an, uh, an equestrian, a really successful equestrian rider. And uh, since I was five, I uh, I ride I ride horses. I I do show jumping competitions. I, I compete abroad. Still, my dream is uh, to be an, uh, an Olympic rider to represent Egypt. It's a passion uh, I have and endless love uh, to horses and the sport itself. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so far, I have not heard from either of you saying that you wanted to be a baker. No. And yet you guys <laughs> own one of the country's most high profile bakeries. What's the origin story of NOLA? Uh, well, that started at university, really. In when was that? When was that? That was uh, 2006 when we moved to Canada. I was studying in Dubai before that. I'm two years older than Idol. And when he got accepted to Concordia in, in Montreal, my father said I had to travel with him. Yeah, yeah, I remember so well. Yeah, it happened last minute, by the last, way. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, she wasn't supposed to come, and then she decided she's going to go. And yeah. How did Montreal lead you to cupcakes uh, and bakery? Because you I guys Montreal started off a, as a cupcake place. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Montreal had a huge influence on us. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's where me and Dada, I guess, discovered our passion for food. Yeah. Okay. We're really big on food, like. Um, the house was always f full of friends because they always knew I had food in the house. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. like this. And this is how Egyptians like connect. Um, and especially Montreal was so cold. So it was, it was very convenient having all my friends over, just cooking, like mastering all these recipes. Also, during the time, there was the global cupcake craze. Okay. So like the days that I wasn't able to cook or I was feeling tired, I just get cupcakes and joy and excitement and happiness that I used to bring my friends was exactly like me standing in the kitchen all day. Like With much less effort. Yes, less effort. <laughs> so it's like there was something about cupcakes that just made everyone really happy. You know, like, and I remember when Aiden and I used to go visit New York, we'd visit Magnolia. It was part of the New York tour, and it appeared on the sh on the show in the Sex and the City show, and it was it was part of the New York tour. And when we were there, Aiden and I went and stood in line for over forty minutes to try their cupcakes, and I was very confused by this idea of standing in line to get cupcakes <laughs> from just from a bakery, and for it to being. Part of the New York tour was 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 to us. How would a bakery be part of the New York tour? Like, sure. did it make sense? Like to us, a landmark is something like uh, the the Nile or the pyramids or like uh, the you know like the Rockefeller Center, all of these things, but not a bakery. And and the queue and the people and the how everybody was just so excited to to try it and check it out was just whoa, was was mind blowing. 
And I guess this is basically where things uh, started to, to kind of make sense or just, uh, yeah. When did you guys first talk about the idea? I mean, what takes you from two people who like to cook, who have a sweet tooth? One wants to be a banker and an equestrian. The other one wants to go down in history. I remember very well Layla sent me a message like there are so many signs about the cupcakes like her friend started did a Facebook page I know she was looking at a cereal box and then you know these uh, games and then it was a cupcake message so then she's like there are so many signs signs everywhere about this this cupcake concept and she sent me a message either we're going to start a cupcake business I was like yeah 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 and then she proposed it to my dad I remember so well. When I first graduated and moved back, my father wanted me to pursue my education and go do my master's in London. Uh, and I got accepted. So it was like, uh, I'm going to London for him. <laughs> that, that, that was completely, there was no other option. And then I told him I wanted to start a cupcake business. And for him, it, it was like, what is a cupcake? <laughs> what are cupcakes? He's never heard of a cupcake. And then I told him that, I want to do it and I really believe in this concept and I did a business plan for him with a feasibility study and I told him give give me a chance for a year instead of going to London I'll do this project for one year and if it works it works if it doesn't then you were right and please take a chance on me and he accepted. Why do you think he accepted I don't think he has really much of an option. <laughs> yeah, I really think I don't think Lila gave him much of an option, honestly. So I had to go out and find my own lawyer. I had to go out and find my own contractor. I had to, uh, luckily for me, my father's married to an interior designer, uh, Coca, that did my my store, which is one of the greatest things about store is the beauty of it and um, you need the concept of what she created and she did it for free for us so that was a big plus it's a plus that's a, that yeah. it's a huge plus um so store number one was in Zemetic. yes yeah how many cities are you guys in now how many branches how many cities uh, currently, we're in seven cities. We're in uh, Mansoura, uh, Mansoura, uh, Tanta, uh, Pursaid, uh, Suez, uh, Asyut, uh, Alexandria, and uh, of course, Cairo. Uh, currently, we have uh, 25 uh, stores. Um, but What's our, your fastest growing store? Our What's fastest, is, of course, Cairo. Cairo is, is, is growing um, at a rate of um, around uh, 47% year on year, which is fantastic. It, it shows that the, our growth is very sustainable and very healthy. Um, but main, like our, our main growth is, is we're looking through product growth more than just uh, geographical. Uh, what we're focused on, on is just uh, helping or, or letting our stores grow year on year, uh, the, the stores themselves. And that's that's what we're focusing on, and what we've been working on the past, um, I'd say three four years, is basically shifting people's perspective that we're no longer a cupcake concept, and that was basically one of our our, our biggest weaknesses and our biggest challenges that we were facing is just we're no longer in cupcakes because we weren't gonna, we weren't going to be able to scale and sustain the business if it was only focused on cupcakes. When the fad dies down, exactly. Where you guys uh, do? Yeah, and yeah. and so what what are you guys today? A full-fledged uh, dessert concept. That's that's how we're positioning ourselves. 
because I'd say we had uh, 90% of our, our product mix, uh, 95% of our product mix was cupcakes. So let's say if if that started to slow down, 95% of the business start, is going to start to slow down. So um, thankfully, the, the past three years that completely um, shifted uh, because we today cupcakes represent only 30% of our product mix. Uh, cakes represent around 30%. We have like other products like uh, mini cakes and pots and stuff. They represent another uh, 17%. So the, 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 the product mix completely uh, helped with the growth and it, it completely changed our number of transactions that walk in the store. Our average check completely changed. Our average check was around 40, 40 pounds. Today, the average check is around uh, 150 pounds. So it completely, completely changed. Uh, really helped us to grow, really helped us to, to, to scale much, much better and healthier. And that, that mainly happened through innovation because we had all of that, these products before, but things weren't picking up and I guess our, our, our transformation phase would be when we launched our Volcano Cake and you guys in 2016 you guys mentioned the Volcano Cake I remember so well yeah, you mentioned yeah. in Enterprise and it was, it was a very proud moment for us <laughs> yeah and uh, and that's what really really helped uh, footfall in the stores and stuff and we had to do that we we making these changes it had to reflect in the stores as well because that means we we changed our store store experience we changed our display units and that really helped because when people walked in the stores we had before just like one tier display units that had not had cupcakes rows of cupcakes exactly rows of cupcakes cupcakes so people really what they what they see was cupcakes so we really had to change that idea change that that perspective so we 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 made the cup Cake units only twenty percent of the, the display. We had we really minimized it, minimalized it, and with the rest were three tier display units that uh, that showed the cakes, the mini cakes, the chocolates, ice cream, the whole product range to really get people to realize no Nola is not a place that just only offers cupcakes. It's a place that offers. Any type of dessert for my for any type of occasion, and that's that's the message that we wanted to do it. And we started off with the cupcakes, but however, we needed to to grow beyond the cupcakes, and thankfully, we were able to do that uh, at the moment. So what are your top uh, selling products? First off, what's your top selling cupcake, I guess? Uh, the red velvet. Red velvet. Yeah, and the classic chocolate. Okay. Yeah, the classic okay. chocolate. Uh, it competes um, like month Head to month. head with yeah, red exactly. velvet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything with chocolate really yeah. is a winner. Yeah, a winner. Mm. Okay. And, and surprisingly, uh, um, what's it called? The, our rainbow cake is one of our most successful products. Rainbow cake? Yeah, the rainbow cake. Kids love it and adults as well because it's full of colors, full of... Yeah. They, mm. you know. they feel it's, it, it suits lots of occasions and stuff and it tastes amazing, honestly. Yeah. Very nice. What's the most surprising thing to you in the product mix? Like something you thought would be like an amazing seller and just wasn't or something that you thought would be like, eh, we have to have this, but like the sales were shockingly good. It took a while for people to know that we have other products, so... It was shocking that it wouldn't like stick to their minds that we have macarons, we have chocolates, and we've had these products for now five years. Yeah, and and today macarons took a while for 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 them to pick up. And today, I guess it's like we've got our our, our menu groups like like cupcakes and cakes. Today, uh, macarons represent our fourth uh, strongest uh, menu group. All right, so let's go back a second here. I have to ask you guys, how did you figure out who would take what role in the company? It was tough getting there. Like uh, when Idil came after he graduated uh, from, from Montreal, it took us a while to understand our roles shouldn't overlap mm -hmm. and that everyone needs to be responsible 
for his own part, but being a startup, everybody does everything. Every, everybody does everything. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd step on each other's toes and stuff. And in the beginning, it was like two siblings fighting. Honestly, Seriously. it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know, what was really weird that Adel and I don't fight. <laughs> yeah. Outside the business. Huh? Yeah. yeah we're, we're best friends in, in real life. Like we're each other, we're each other's person at work. There were days I wanted to kill him. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was two siblings fighting. It was a joke, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so we went to our father. So we yeah. went to our father. We were like, listen, we're having a really hard, tough time working together how long and stuff. into the business is this? Man, like a year and a half? A year, yeah, like a year and a half. A year and a half. We're okay. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not day and night fighting, but when we'd, we'd argue or disagree on some points, it was two siblings fighting like children, like five-year-olds. So it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. So then we went there and we were like, listen, we have an issue when we fight it goes out completely out of hand and stuff so then he's like listen each of you they have to to manage a complete role and you guys have to be the advisor for the, for the other person you can't step on that other, person's yeah, that person's toes and and you're just you act as advisors and they have the final decision and the final say and you just have to support it and and if you disagree it's it's their call you can't um, you can't uh, overthrow it you can't you just say what you think uh, is right and what you think should be done if they don't agree then they don't agree and you have to work the, that way and and really really have We just, okay. So who does what? Uh, who does what? I do everything the customer sees. Like I'm front end, idols back end. Okay. Basically. Yeah, okay. like for when it comes uh, on social media, the store experience, all of these things. Leila manages this. I manage the whole operations, the numbers, the, the product innovation. All of these things is, it comes from my end. Very cool. What are the numbers, like the top three or four numbers that appear on your dashboard that tell you something about the health of your business? I look at the store sales every day mm -hmm. and there's graphs underneath it uh, with the year on, year on year, everything. But for me, I can instantly spot it out because it's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. So just that number, I can identify when there's an issue Before looking at the graphs, before looking at the year on year. So for me, that report is is the most important report for me. Of course, my product mix. I like to understand my product mix, what's, what's doing well and what's not. I like things to be very um, summarized in a sense where I, I like pictures. I like to see graphs more than the numbers. Okay which drives my department crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And um, for me, uh, my cash flow report every month. Cash flow is life. It is. Yeah. Adel, what about you? Every uh, uh, Sunday, I see the, it's just because it's seven days to see the year-on-year -year store, how every week, uh, how we're doing, like week one, week two, week three, week four, the whole month. To me, that's the most important thing to see um, How uh, is this good? Is it not? How positive we are and the store itself is growing. This is my most important thing. Definitely the daily sales are really important because we have like a certain, um, our break even, which is I know we like we have to hit that number every single day. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, it just breaks my heart. <laughs> 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 to me, these are the, the most important two numbers. And of course, the, our, our bank balances to see how our cash flows are going and stuff. So look, 10 years down the road, You guys have kind of figured it out. You've got systems in place. You've got data sheets in place. You've got a team in place. What are you building? What's your end game? Is this a sale? Where are you taking the business? So what are you building? And what's the end game for you? Definitely we're looking to, to grow the business uh, 
because year on year, like I mentioned, the, the company is growing. It's growing much healthier. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are telling us you should go abroad. You should go abroad and stuff. And 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 we see Nola opening in the Middle East, in the region and stuff. And we were, I was very, let's say, taken by by everything which which was being said. And I, I was thinking this is uh, that's what we're supposed to do. And then I took a stance like around uh, four months ago and I decided no because uh, right now we're 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 doing really well in the Egyptian market. We're mm-hmm. doing we're currently doing really really well here. We're having a, we have a very strong uh, footprint in the Egyptian market. We're covering really good ground. I don't think it would be so smart to move somewhere else to focus abroad when when okay. we're starting to figure out things and things are going extremely well now and then boom just shift somewhere else I don't think it would be a, a very smart smart move and there's so much potential here there's so much growth and that's uh, our, our main focus of course the end goal is uh, is to get an, uh, a nice fat check at the end of the <laughs> end of acquisition all of this. Offer, yeah huh? exactly yeah. Uh, but uh, our main focus is focusing on NOLA it's not getting investors raising capital the company is uh, is healthy it's uh, positive cash flow so we really don't have an issue with that just uh, needing an investor to you don't to, need someone's money to grow the business exactly no. however if if we do have a, a strategic partner to help us grow beyond what so what we can do is something definitely would be interested in uh, going abroad because definitely I'd look into going abroad maybe like in three years time not before okay. that of course okay. uh, but having someone to really help us with that and help us grow the business itself within Egypt uh, that's something uh, we could consider Making It is brought to you in association with USAID for 40 years the American people through USAID have invested over $30 billion to inspire Egyptian success in partnership with the government and the people of Egypt. You guys have talked about innovation a couple times. Yeah. How do you stay ahead of the copycats? We're a market that has a lot of copycat propensity, right? Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone has copied us. It's being, no, but it's being man. able, I guess it's being able to actually do that idea or doing like it's with the whole volcano it's just you have to I guess it's within our culture being different with everything we mm. do it's just it's on it's on the table it could be such a simple product like um, it's there like the the kunefas for example like all of our Ramadan products and stuff they're, they're hybrids of a, a lotus a kunefa lotus the salted caramel popcorn that we offered you really have to think out of the box and um, I guess that's that's it's just it's the company itself you know what I mean it's, it's isn't it hard though I mean when you have 95% of your revenue coming from cup cakes how do you minimize that to 20% of your display space and roll out other products i mean isn't there a gut check there is that an easy decision to make it had to be done it had to, like there's some some decisions which you really really have to just take cuz it it's like either you're going to make it or break it cuz it mm. we weren't going to be able to scale or grow if you're only if, if 95% of our of our product mix was cupcake so we really had to do that move and what really the, our game changer was uh, the volcano cake like i mentioned to you before we used to sell with that that, that whole um, setup of the, our complete uh, display units uh, were cupcakes and then we made them we we reduced them to just a, a very very small part in the stores when we launched the volcano cake we jumped from 20 cakes to 500 cakes overnight because seriously yes overnight literally and then we introduced the mini volcano the mini volcano it jumped the like a week later we we launched it we realized the the volcano was doing insane but however we were only catering for like for gatherings and events and then we're like why not cater to people like to to single portions or or two portions and stuff uh, the week after we launched, when we launched it, we used to do daily 1,200 volca- mini volcano cakes and then it went up to 3,000 daily. 
So you could imagine then we realized, yeah. whoa, we we have something insane and we, re we really need to focus on product, product, product. And that's what we've been working on for the past three years is really focusing on product. And then the another complete game changer was uh, Ramadan when we introduced the Konefa volcano. It was, no, no, it was mind-blowing. It was insane. Like, uh, this, um, these numbers were in 2016. Ramadan 2016 was a, was, was a disaster. It was a nightmare. We had sales of 1.8 million, which is embarrassing. The, the, like, that was extremely unhealthy for the company. It was a really tough stage for us. The year, the following year, when we introduced the, the Konefa volcano and with our social media platforms and everything from 1.8 million, that jumped to 8 million pounds in sales. So you could imagine mm. the impact that helped. And this, when people walked into the stores, they saw the new display units, the whole new display. So it really, really impacted, really made the difference of doing this change. If we hadn't done that, I don't believe we would have had the same uh, same impact. How'd you guys come up with the idea for Volcano? Uh, How'd Victoria. you come up with the idea? Victoria. <laughs> yeah, she's um, our, our housekeeper. She's amazing. She's been with the family for 20 years. 25 years. 25 now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ida's her baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, that's, how it, that's how it happened. But we, we also then, we, we modified it technically. Sure. To really, to but I mean, you, you have to institutionalize that capacity, right? Or is she the one who's coming up with all no, of no, no. the no, ideas? No, no, no. The ideas come from me. It's basically, I get inspired through products we see online and stuff, and we try to, okay. to modify them to our taste, to the market and stuff. But that's also one of the, the I guess, strengths and weaknesses. It's finding the proper formula mm -hmm. of innovation. Okay. Which we, we need to work but, on. But after 10 years, in a way, you understand what works and what doesn't work. And like in Ramadan, you know, you need to get really creative with the product and that people don't come to you for the classic. When classic it, stuff, yeah. They really want something that's all crazy. That's a statement on the table. For Valentine's, you need something that's for very loving, like all hearts, all, you know, like you need to get really mm. creative with how it looks, uh, like it's no longer cupcakes. What can we do with the macarons? What can we do with the cakes? That sort of thing. When it comes to adding products, we also need to see the reaction that it needs to be a shockingly happy reaction. Do you market test or focus group test stuff? Not really. The, no, our no. biggest indication would be social media. We just okay. see how they're going to, the amount of likes and the the, the, okay. the rate that we're going to get the likes in is, is such an indication. Like um, it shows us that this is going to fly or not. It's, it's that's So we're sitting point. here at the end of February right now. Yeah. Do you know what you're putting out for Ramadan this year? Yeah. We're, we're done. We're done. Uh, yeah, we're, but no. How, how far no. in advance do you start? Like when does that December. planning process start? December. Yeah, it starts December. Yeah, and we did our, our forecast uh, for production uh, we finished it in October with what we're going to take from last year, which was successful to the following year. Mm -hmm. And we, we finished the, 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 pr the production for it and our expect the forecast for it, the forecast sales and production. And then we start with our R&D and ideas starting December. December. Yeah, we, we, we yeah. finished Christmas and stuff and then we start working with uh, yeah, the R&D. Yeah, and we have an R&D department that all they have to do every day is send us products to taste. But right, we can so say what? Ramadan is our biggest month by okay. far. And today, uh, Kahk is playing, has a huge contribution in our sales. Kahk, surprisingly. No way. Yeah. It, we started off uh, 
four years ago, Kahk, yeah. we did, we sold uh, one ton of Kahk. And to us, it was such an achievement. We couldn't believe it. Like so a literal it, ton of Kahk. Yeah, but that's nothing. That's a joke. Really? Yeah, that's when we figured out this is insane. And then we, uh, from one ton, it went to, to six. From six, it went to 30. And last year, uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, 100 tons. Tons, we had, 100 tons, you guys no, no, actually, 100 no, no, tons. No, we sold 100 tons. We had the capacity to sell 150. I had to reject orders because our capacity. I had projected that we're going to do from 30 to 70. That 70 turned into 100. <sighs> the 100 could have been easily 150 tons. So you could imagine the contribution of Kahk to us today is, is and we were no, no, like completely. And uh, the funny thing is my father would scream at us Every year, do kahk, do kahk. Like, we're cupcakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and dad was right. My dad was right. What makes a great business other than volume of kahk sold? <laughs> what makes a great business? I think um, loyalty and love of employees. For your team, having the same vision as you, I guess, is the biggest uh, challenge. And if you have that and everybody's on board, mm. I guess uh, the sky's the limit. How many people are you guys today? 302. And the best thing is we have a very high retention. Retention rate. Yeah, very high. That's unusual for your industry, right? Yeah. People jump around all the time. Yeah. In the beginning, I guess, when we were when we had these challenges of only being cupcakes and a lot of people and a lot of the employees, they're like, we're not growing, we're not learning much. And it was a challenge, the, the especially the chefs and stuff. And we had a, we, we needed to change a bit of the management of the, the top management in the chefs itself. Really, really made a difference. Uh, and people are seeing where we're going and our vision and everybody's aligned and everybody's on board. And uh, I guess that's what, and they're, 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 they're really actually believing, they believe in actually what we want to do, what the message we're delivering. And I guess that's what's really keeping. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's more important, the money or the belief in vision? Um, the belief in vision will bring in the money. And the, the main reason I believe that, and I saw that firsthand, is when we, uh, when Zamalek, our flagship store, closed down uh, in July 2nd. And um, we said we're not going to let go of any of our employees. And we only had Ma'adi and we had a kitchen in Zamalek. And uh, Zamalek was selling around a thousand cupcakes a day and Ma'adi was selling 200 cupcakes a day. Um, it hit our cash flow badly uh, when Zamalek closed and we, we had to find a place quickly. And Idol was very focused that we need to be in... In Zemelik, he, ref yeah. he refused to look, to look outside, at, outside of Zemelik. It was very devastating for us. It was very personal. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very personal. But and you had to shut down because... Of because when we were, we just, we had came back from Kalayla, had, had, because she just came back and she rented the store. And the, the lawyer that she, she did the contract with was, was the landlord's lawyer. Turned out that there were, there was an issue with the store. Uh, he had rented it to someone before. And then they were, they had, uh, Kalayla, okay. any, they had court issues and stuff. And then we ended up renting the store without us knowing anything because of lack of knowledge. We we're just two kids uh, coming from Canada. And then boom, we realized there are issues on the store a year and a half later so then uh, and we told them we don't mind paying double the rent you take the rent you take the rent and they're like no we want all the rent so then we're like we've got something strong we have a very solid brand thank you very much we're exiting the mm. store and we're going to find somewhere else we ended up taking uh, like Laila was mentioning Laila found a store in Korba 
Incredible. Yeah. And that store ended up doing four times what Zamalek's store was doing. Yeah. And we, that's when we realized, no, we've got something insane. And we rolled out with six stores. But this, then there was a downfall when we realized we were only, we were scaling with only cupcakes. And this is when we realized, no, we have to, we have to change our product mix. We have to grow beyond the cupcakes. And then boom, 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 bit, bit by bit, we realized, no, we have to change the store experience for, to change the display units, all of these things. And then thankfully, we're here at the 100 tons of kahk. <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys not spending enough money right now? Uh, tech. Tech. What would you spend more on? I want to have an online app. I want to have uh, an online shop. Uh, and Nola's digital platform is really, really strong. It's one of our strengths. And we were discussing changing our, our website to a digital platform, a very, uh, very like tasty and all of these platforms and stuff, mm-hmm. where you have, uh, where you can mess and do the ingredients. Mess and you have the product, do the ingredients, you buy it from a store, mess and gourmet, Saudi, Mashafik. All right, I want to talk about brand building for a second. And you guys are like super solid offline, but pretty solid online too. Uh, who does your social media, first off? And me. You, personally. All it right. started off as me for what, six years? Yeah. Six years. And now do you do it in-house or did you hire somebody outside? We hired someone. They're freelance, but they work for us only. Okay. So it's somebody who's just you guys. Yeah. Okay. What's the secret to being authentic online? Being authentic online is just, um, we built a manual for NOLA. Like with everything, Um, after the six years, to be able to hand it over, I had to really dig into the brand and look at the tone of voice of NOLA. Like we like to engage, we ask our customers questions, our videos are so much fun to do. Yeah, You know, it's like, and from day one, I remember I went and I hired a professional photographer for 2000 Egyptian pounds when we first opened NOLA, just to visit the store every day for half an hour and to take a picture of something and to give it to me so I would posted on social media because I don't want a picture from, from my phone. What does Nola mean? Nola means Noor and Layla. Noor and Layla. Yeah, when I first started, uh, I had a partner that joined with 20%, but the revolution happened and she left. She left and you, stick, you stuck around. Yeah. Where did, the, where did the color palette come from? Where did the experience come from? From a, a very special person to me, Amir Mustafa. He's the one that created the, the brand for NOLA. That's yeah. uh, a really cool brand. Thank you. How has being CEO changed you? Some, some of my friends tell me I've become a workaholic, but I, I love it. I love doing what I do. And I guess that that's the main reason where like, um, I don't mind the long hours, thinking out of the box constantly, just thinking about it, uh, growing the business, how we're going to be growing the business, how we're going to increase the number of transactions, how we're going to increase our average check, uh, how are we going to grow the business, where are we going to take it next? Lila, what about you? It made me realize um, if you put your mind to something, you can do you can do anything in the world, really. It made me realize that our capabilities and potential is limitless, especially that I never came from a, a food and beverage background. I knew nothing about the business and to create NOLA and to what it has become made me understand that if you are passionate about something, you can create and build and grow 
something beyond your imagination. Being CEO and founder is not my goal in life. It's not where I want to be. I love the innovation. I love the creation. I've stepped down from NOLA currently due to the fact that it's all operations now and I'm more into innovation and I'm looking to innovate something new and to create and build something else. What's the something else? I'm still exploring. <laughs> really? I've I've been exploring uh, a lot recently. I've joined three businesses, left all three of them. But the reason I'm doing that is I'm doing a process of elimination. Okay. Till I figure out what I want to... What you want to build next. Yeah. And uh, I'm even considering uh, gaining some corporate structure, like maybe joining a company, uh, be being an employee, gaining some structure to teach me for my next big thing. You think so? You think, I think so? so. But it in the back of my head to work for somebody else. Really? Yeah, no way I could go back. You know, no way. You know what it is? It's um, I build systems. I'm really good at building systems, but I'm a bit tired right now of building a system, and I want to be part of a system till I find that fire in me that makes me want to do that new system. All right, last question for Aiden. Mm. You're going to list on the stock exchange tomorrow. Yeah. What's your pitch? Why would I buy a share of NOLA? Uh, first of all, we're one of the most innovative brands I guess you're ever going to be part of. And um, we're 100 million people. And today NOLA's, uh, is is shifting. I'd say we're still a premium brand. We're an, we're an affordable luxury. 100 million people want to associate themselves with NOLA. We're talking today. We're talking around um, our, our, our target market is from uh, ages of 18 to 30. And that's 60% of your population. That's the most lucrative market at the moment. And that's who NOLA is. So you're banking on 60% uh, of uh, on on that sweet tooth. 60 million people with sweet tooth. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Guys, thank you very, very much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Patrick. It, it was lovely. Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to comment or maybe suggest a guest, send us an email at makingit@enterprise.press. That's makingit@enterprise.press. Making It is produced by Enterprise, your morning briefing on business, finance, and economics in Egypt. Subscribe today for free at enterprise.press. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows. Did you love today's episode? Like us or give us a five-star rating and a review to help others discover us. This season is brought to you by CIB and by the United States Agency for International Development. And that's how we're making it.